Rick Madison here with Jeff Cox from Capri Insurance. Welcome, Jeff. Thanks for having me. So, Jeff, uh, you and I get into some pretty heady stuff, and uh, today's no different. <laughs> so, uh, let's dive in. Lay the table. <laughs> I have a friend who uh, invested in an oatmeal manufacturing plant in Ontario. Um, and, you know, he was thinking this was his retirement program. He was going to get five times EBITDA and all this other stuff. Then, recently, he said uh, they're shutting down. They're shutting down all production because they can't get oatmeal to the oatmeal plant uh, because of the war in Ukraine. And oddly enough, in Canada, which is rich in resources and agriculture and everything else, has actually diminished its capacity, according to this fact, and this is anecdotal stuff, has diminished its capacity to create food production because we were buying from Ukraine cheaply and, uh, and it became less profitable for farmers to be farming anymore so do you have any thoughts about like are we heading in a, in a direction where there's a <laughs> there's a big bus at the end um or can we pull this back can we actually make farming sexy again and actually start having our own security with food yeah of course we can pull back but again this is you know anybody anybody that leans the other way is going to say listen that's right-wing fascist but the reality is this is the challenge with globalization and why we should have a canada first policy and 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 again you're right we have these resources um so why are why aren't we utilizing them why why you know what do we need to do to produce the products to keep um to keep food manufacturing in in canada you we we talked about this at one time i don't remember this but um, in somewhere during the pandemic, um, COVID hit a meat plant in, in Southern Alberta. Now the reality of meat production in Canada is it's, it's been amalgamated down to two or three main players. And so we, again, that, that there's another example of even within Canada challenges when we don't have, we don't have decentralization and, 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 and multiple businesses producing a product. It, the, we've set ourselves up for failure, and 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 the minute you talk about this, you know you're 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 considered extremist. Said, no, like what, like what, like these are things challenges the government can tackle today that make a more sustainable Canada, more sustainable food, more sustainable job market. Um, it, it it's this is it's simplistic. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a simplistic decision that we can make to have a Canada first policy uh related related to to many things it, it does seem odd though that uh we're chatting about this and it doesn't seem to get a lot of uh traction on the higher levels like i mean i'm not hearing a lot about it in in ottawa um as far as because i know that the inflation and as well as the cost of food continues to drive up we are really I think until consumers actually see that on the food shelf in the in the walking through Save on Foods and they go, wow, that is extraordinary. And we're talking, you know, middle class family, but also the vulnerable. I mean, th that's when we really start to see the rubber hit the road. But but Canadians have to start calling out politicians on lies. So you can't talk about supply chain management and global 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 problems 
when we don't get our meat, when we get our meat from the province next to us. And and that's a good example, right? Like, like somebody needs to stand up and say, that doesn't make sense. Canadians need to start challenging the status quo. And and maybe that's it. You know, we we love to hang ourselves out as as meek, quiet, you know, apologetic people. But but what we need to do is get educated, educated on how this stuff works and educated on how these products hit shelves. And that that this is not a global supply chain problem. It has factors in it, but it's not the sole issue. You I, yeah, lowest common denominator every time we talk about something like this is gasoline. And people say, oh, it's a, it's, a, it's a global supply chain issue. Well, it's not a global supply chain issue when we produce it. Okay? <laughs> That's the reality. It okay? is. And if we put Canadians first, then, then, then we could pay whatever we wanted to pay for gasoline. And frankly, if we actually distributed the wealth from, from these natural resources to Canadians, um, we would all be living very good lives. And you can see very valid uh, explanations of that in places like the United Arab Emirates and Saudi Arabia and other countries that, that Scandinavian countries, correct? That yeah. have that have made decisions to keep those and 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 as you know, I don't think the government does anything better than private enterprise. But that that you, there there are hybrid models that that can exist. We can take royalties from these things and still have private private companies. Um, pull them out of the ground. We can take royalties off natural resources and 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 still have pri- private private engagement, pri- private organizations be engaged in the process. There, there. But Canadians have got to make a decision that they're not going to put up with this crap anymore. That's that's your number one challenge. Is people need to wake up and say, I'm not willing to put up with this anymore. Which which means putting more than a flag on your on your vehicle. It does. Yeah. It means getting educated, and it means getting affecting change. I still firmly believe we live in a democracy, and I and I believe that is step number one: affect change. And again, this this is what's going on in this country right now. And I, I find it bizarre. I read an article this morning about you know the, the extreme of uh, the extremism of Pierre Polyver and the populism movement. Well, he he's it's that's he what he's done is he's quite smart, and he actually has de- de- delved in and said, hey. This is not the issue that it's being said, and he is invigorating a group of people that m- may or may not be educated on it, but are angry about it. He's he's fairly in tune with what's going on, right? And there's an example. Now he gets painted by this leftist woke movement that that he's an extremist. No, he's not. He's looking out for the best interests of Canadians, from my perspective. I don't think he's. I don't think he's got a. I don't think he's got a, a an agenda other other than to say I think this country can be ran better. <laughs> And speaking of our friend, Pierre Polyev, um, he was talking about defunding the CBC. And I've asked this of a few people and, and it's just, it's of interest to me. And, and I'm a CBC listener. You probably listen to CBC. What does that mean to you? Is, is that, um, are we stripping away our nation's identity if we even think about defunding the CBC or is that, or should state run media be a reality for us? There are pieces of the CBC that I agree with less and less to be sincere with you to, to a point where I've actually like as of as of the last six months, um, I, I I actually can't go there anymore and until some fundamental changes come into place. 
Um, there are, there are, I think the CBC can be part of our culture. I think the CBC um, has a place as, as NPR does in, in, in the United States. Um, I actually caught myself watching it last night purely by accident until I realized what I was watching. <laughs> Semi kidding, but um, about a documentary about a family um, that was affected by autism in 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 a child and and what went down the path. I'm an 11 month old home, so those things um, resonate with me. So I caught myself watching this; it was pretty emotional. Um, now, do I think they do that well? You bet. Do I think um, that they should be funded the way they're funded? No, I I, I struggle. With where we're going in life, um, I, I'm not sure the local CB. I mean, I mean the local CBC is probably probably the best example of it. And again, I you get in and and and, and for whatever reason, it's like Saturday Night Live does a great job of it on NPR, and it's no different here. It's like today we're going to talk about the Beavers uh, in the dam in Nelson. Uh, uh, we'll be we'll be uh, let's we're going there. Um, you know, and you're like. Really? Like now, I I do think there's something there. Like I have time and patience for that. I first for whatever reason, <laughs> I, I do. Where they have missed the mark, or or where they've become, to me, where why defund CBC exists is the false promotion of of of, of news. And 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 you know, again, somebody said, "Well, that's a load of crap." It's not. It is. I I know exactly where I was when it happened. Listen. Freedom rally or truck rally or or whatever you want to call it today, and depending on what side of the fence you're on, people put people put a bent on it. I was watching CBC News, and I'm pretty sure Mercedes was was behind the desk, and she was there. There are they are they are taking the war memorial down. It like it, it was that extreme. It is mm-hmm. there is a group, and like I we're not sure if they have weapons. Meanwhile. On Post Millennial, I'm actually watching it live. So I'm on my phone. I'm watching CBC on television. I'm on my phone, and I'm watching what appears to be, I don't know this for sure, but but they were hanging themselves out as veterans. Mm-hmm. They were very cautiously taking down the fence around the War, war Memorial. I, I was watching them clean it, sweep it, and say, the, say, I believe, the Lord's Prayer. That's what I'm physically watching, mm-hmm. which is almost impossible to to. And why would Post Millennial do it? Like they, there was nothing more than the video. So Post Millennial, just just give people a little bit of background on what what you were watching. Was that through a GoPro? Is that what you were watching? I don't. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for those that don't know, I mean, there are there are you know you know there are some uh, there are new new areas. There are new new sources of news in Canada. New coverage. New yeah. coverage. And yeah. and some of them, like, listen, do I think Ezra, Ezra, Ezra Levant is a little bit out there? Yeah, you bet. Um, Rebel might be a little too much for me. Post Millennial, I have some time for. I think they've done a very good job. So you're right. It was one reporter with a with either a GoPro or a cameraman or whatever was going on. It's 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 they don't get any of the funding anybody else does. So they're mm-hmm. doing it on their own. And and I'm I'm. It's very hard to argue when I'm watching that live and I'm watching the crazy crap. That's mm-hmm. being reported from CBC. That was the day for me that I went. This has got to change. So, do you think though that through every every trend, through every if you look globally and and historically, you see that uh, the consolidation of media and and perhaps you know an agenda more agenda based media. And do you think that you know as these rebel news programs continue to evolve and, and create? 
Is that going to be the new norm? Is that going to be where people get uh, the majority of their news going forward? Because I do think, based on just all the feedback I get about a CBC, I think people are are just going to be consuming their media differently as we go forward because they're they're actually finding out. Wait a second, there's a discord between what I thought and what actually was being reported. Yeah, and that, and I think that again, this is not a communist country as far as I can tell. So, um, although although we sometimes think it might be in moments, but that's the point. And this is my point. There's still democracy, so we still have this this free this this area of of of, of quote unquote free speech. Mm-hmm. And what I think you're right is happening is people are going. This isn't adding up to me, and they're going to start looking around because that's essentially what happened to me. I was like, you know, I don't. This doesn't. There's, why doesn't this have, this doesn't this isn't right? Mm-hmm. So you start doing some research. And again, I think I can be subjective. I know when I'm like, yeah, I don't believe that. But there is a group that is starting to report against what is mainstream media reporting, and it's making a lot more sense. And they're using very good means of media to back it up. Video being a great example, yes, because it's very hard to argue. I'm not saying a video can't be doctored, but not in real time, and not what I'm not typically what I was watching. And and the Freedom Convoy to me was the defining line for me with CBC because it was outright lies versus what I what I what I believe was reality that I was getting from multiple sources. Right, and that's the day for me that I said I can't do this anymore. And so, listen, do I think there's a place for? Yeah, I, and I was proud of, and, and I've been. I have moments in life where I'm, I think, um, you know, maybe at a younger age or a different, gen, different time, I was proud of CBC. I can't say that anymore. And, and so I am on that train. It's got to be dismantled, but it's, but it's deeper than that. Listen, they get, they get one, I don't know, 1.2 billion of, 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 of taxpayer money today. And, and the liberals want to increase it, but there's 6 billion that goes out in media funding. So, so we're very, we're very uber focused on the CBC, which is probably the most. Well, the Toronto Star would be up there um, mm-hmm. as 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 lying extreme extremists um, on the other side. Um, but there's there's more. I mean, there's you know you're you're that's not where it stops. And now now you may not feel that that the messages is tainted, but it's still tainted. Oh oh, it's it's tainted. Yeah. yeah. This was something that came up the other day with a, a friend of mine, and he said he was back to the CBC, listening to the CBC, and he said what what bothered him the most was the fact that there are certain segments of the population, and he says, I'm not saying anything other than the fact that there's a certain, if you look at 100% of the population, there's a certain amount that are a certain race, creed, gender, and everything else. But he says, if we were to have the CBC as a true reflection of Canadian, of, of Canada, then why do we spend so much time on certain elements of the populace as through the eyes of the CBC? And he feels like that is, Mm-mm. that's a problem. Like, I, I mean, he he knows that they're trying to be evolved and, and innovative and all that kind of stuff. But he said... I just don't feel like they're actually a true reflection of, of Canadiana anymore. Uh, and in the last two years, it's become more apparent. Would you would you agree, disagree <laughs> with that statement? And I know that's a grenade. But, <laughs> but I mean... Walk down this tightrope, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's the challenge you have. And, 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 and you're touching on some areas that are very true. I, I don't think it is. But, 
But, you know, again, I will look to the U.S. for this as an example and, and try and stay. I, I, you, oh, the, the, this, is, this is a very challenging topic to talk about as a, as a, as a white male, to be really sincere. Oh, no, okay? it is. It is. So here's the deal. But this, this, if you want to take a step back and go, why do things happen? Why does Donald Trump go into power? Okay, I think, I think everyone steps back and says, well, how, does this, what, how does this happen? Oh, I'll tell you how it happens. When you tell a millions, I'm going to the U.S., millions of, of, of white rural uh, males that they, ha that, that they have white privilege and yet they've never been given anything in their life and they, they grew up in a trailer, they get fatigued and frustrated. And, and there is a good example of, of listen, there are, there, are, there are injustices in this world all day long. I am, I am a huge proponent of the LGBTQ community. I, I, I'm, I'm be yourself. I don't have an issue with any of that, okay? But they make up a percentage of the population that's about 10%. You, so, so, so to your point, it's the idea of like, are, are we being fair and equitable with time? If, 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 they are, if they are the majority of the reporting from CBC, then it's not a, it's not a direct correlation um, to the population. And again, that's not, a, I'm, I'm, I'm factually just saying to you, hey, listen, I'm, I'm marry who you marry, do what you want. I don't have, like, the, again, I, this is, we will have a better society if, if we engage and embrace who people believe they are. I have no challenge with that. My only ask is go out, get a job and pay your taxes mm -hmm. and live your life. And I will embrace it and be there with you. But your question is, are they misconstruing the population? And the answer is yes. It's the same in the minority who, again, have had to overcome significant challenges in their life. Mm -hmm. um, um, in Canada as well, for, for the record, we, we are not, we, we are, we did not go through the period of time that the, that America did, but we're not perfect. Indigenous specifically, um, um, you know, have, ha have, have been faced with, with decades of, of, um, challenges that we've got to figure out how we're going to, how we're going to fix and get better. But the reality is to your point, this is the struggle when, when, when the, when the, when what they're, when what they're, when what they're reporting on and what they're talking about is not in proportion to society, they lose society. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's where I go back to it. When you, when you tell in America, a whole bunch of rural white men that they have white privilege and, and they've, they've gone days without eating as a child, that's not true. It's, it's, it, it's not working. And it, and that we need to be just as fearful of as, as the other side where, where, where we we thumb minorities that we don't we don't need other of it either of it but what i'm saying is we need to be very cautious in this and again this is why i'm critical of this well crap is like hey just take a breath recognize there's some challenges i'm not i'm not sure me announcing my pronouns changes that to be sincere mm -hmm. right and and, I, and i'm and again i think from a from a standpoint of society um, that's where we're, that's where we've got to try and try and get our feet on the ground and go, Hey, maybe like, listen, I'm not, I'm, I'm a, I, I am, I, I am all for equality. I'm, I'm sincere about that, but you got to be careful because, because now you're getting yourself, we could get ourselves in a situation that happened in the U S and, and, and again, that I believe that's, that's. That's the representation of, of the oh, CBC. Oh no, they're they're south of the border, but uh, let's face it, we share a lot of the same culture and and values and that kind of thing. Because how can we not? <laughs> 
I mean, we we share one of the the, the biggest unprotected borders. We're tackling some big ones today. You know <laughs> why not? Um, let's let's move uh, the needle a little bit here. Uh, why uh, do do not more people have a, a huge, significant, aggressive pushback towards uh, cellular plans and all that kind of stuff? We pay the highest in the world for our, our lovely cell phones. And it seems like nobody, everyone just kind of like, ah, you know, we have a big landmass. <laughs> Not that it has anything to do with anything. Absolutely nothing. But, nothing but to me, isn't that, um, is that a, a government role to start tackling that massive beast? Because let's face it, the cellular companies are well-funded. Uh, they've been making tons of money for a long time. Is that even a giant we can conquer? Is that any, can we even, I honestly believe if we were able to tackle that, that aspect, we would have a lot of people, vulnerable people that would actually be able to rise up a little bit more for, for things like food, for fuel, for babysitting, for a whole bunch of things, if they were able to chunk like 40% off their cell plans. Yeah, and, and but we accept socialism in this country as status quo um, in 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 many areas, and that's one of them. I mean, the, you know, did the CRTC have a role at one time? Do they have a role moving forward? Maybe, but but why would we not be open season on on cellular options in Canada? Like, why 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 can't Virgin come here? Why can't AT and T come here? Because the government says they can't, mm-hmm. and we make it extremely complicated for them to enter the market. Um, and it's not unique to the Liberals, for the record. This has happened under Stephen Harper's um, time too. They did. They did talk about bringing in a. a what, what, what? Tell me what we're saving by or or who we're protecting mm-hmm. um, by by doing it. And 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 again, I again, I could, like you could argue it, except I phone my cell provider also does my home security and i think i get tv through them among many other products and the guy that i was speaking to was in south america mm, interesting right so so and and i'm not making a blanket statement like i'm tired of phoning india that's that was not the case this was a true true scenario not in canada protected highest cell phone rates in the world and and jobs being exported to to uh, other countries, where there that that like right there is the non-starter for me. I might be able to talk about protectionism at some level if jobs were staying here, but they're not. And so that to me is why. Tell, That's hypocrisy, I, really. Yeah, and, and again, t- where tell me who you're like. Why are we doing something? So, so I go back to why. Why is it not open season here? Um, because we don't. And this is the thing. Because, oh, we have, we, we you know we don't have three cell. Yeah, we do. We have three cell phone providers because Fighter Fido has been purchased. Uh, like they, they they're all like again. It goes back to consolidation and amalgamation. Like mm-hmm. we don't have choice, mm-hmm. right? Um, we have more choice today than we did, or we have more rights, I guess, than we did five years ago. Um, but. I think that was the pressure that's changed. But I would love to know the answer of who we're protecting at this point. It does seem um, that, again, going back to the the previous preamble I was talking about, it does feel like we are up against uh, a massive cell phone providers. And and as you said, the big three that we will virtually, there's no court of appeal for us to ever um, 
because I, I think even with an upstart, the amount of government regulation and, and bureaucracy that you'd have to cut through to even, and, and we're accessing a massive network, I, I almost think it's an impossible task. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's unfortunate because I think, well, it starts with this show. You know what? Starts right now with this show. This was this was the spark. I'd love to get you know lighter fare for us, but you know when when you're sitting in the chair and and the reason why I always keep going back to Jeff is uh, he's he's a passionate individual and you're well read though. Like you're an analytic, you you love data, you consume media, so. You know, it's it's not like you're just sounding off on a soapbox. Like there's there's actually legitimacy to a lot of your subject matter. I'm so glad you that. feel that way. Well, I mean, <laughs> your your wife may not, but I'm I'm not sure. But um, one one thing I wanted to mention, and and this has been an ongoing thing, is uh, and and the other day I had on uh, Mark Burley from the Downtown Cologne Association, and talking about the street team and and numerous. Numerous, I guess, uh, checkpoints for people to feel safer within their downtown. Now, I know that you've had, um, you know, you, you live close to downtown, so you're able to uh, to wander down there. Are we getting better? Are, is there, you know, this is uh, 2022, and they're going to do Meet Me on Bernard, which is, clo- you know, the Bernard Street closure. But are, are we getting there? Are we getting to the point where you feel good about you bringing your young family downtown? We're not going back. We're not getting worse. I'm going to hold reservation. We're getting better at this point. Time will tell. Early markers say to me, it's not getting worse. I wouldn't say it's getting better. So I ride pretty regularly. Again, I, I got a little man up in the front of my bike. I grab a dog and and I ride uh, kind of pandozy, wind my way down to Abbott and, and through City Park uh, and typically, you know, down the boardwalk and just find my way back. Um, on a pretty regular basis, and uh, just the other day there was a there was a uh, you know again I'm I'm riding I've got a I've got an 11 month old and and uh, within 15 feet of me as I turned back into the park there was a group of people smoking illicit drugs um, it was not a question I'm not it was illicit drugs the pipe they were using was for illicit drugs and by by illicit drugs I mean I mean crack cocaine at mm-hmm. the very minimum if not heroin. Um, so are we getting better? Nope. I'm going to say no, because they did not, they looked very comfortable. Um, they weren't, <laughs> they were sitting, they were there for a long they time. They weren't hiding behind a tree. This right. was, okay. uh, this was a, this was uh, one drum short of a drum circle. Mm-hmm. And, and to me that, um, that doesn't make sense. I, I'm unfortunate. I have traveled excessively. Uh, that is not. That is that is not the case in 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 many uh, Western countries in Europe, um, areas of the U.S. You know there are don't get me wrong there are um, that th- these challenges exist uh, specifically in North America and into the U.S. But but Kelowna um, it's bad it's bad and and I, and you know what is the answer I'm empathetic they're human beings but but we've got to start doing you know you and I have talked about this like I don't. Th- these people are not going to get better in jail. That is true. But you know where they're going to get better? Treatment. Mm-hmm. Abstinent-based programs. Okay? Get caught once, 30-day program. Get caught twice, 90-day program. Get caught three times, you have a 12-month program. Like, And again, 
I, you know, where, you know, this again, it gets, which would cost us less money. I think it would, it, it would. There, there, there's no question it would, you know, this week they, they've, they've, you know, they've, they've decriminalized illicit drugs at, mm -hmm. at two mm -hmm. and a half grams, two and a half grams of illicit drugs, a lot of drugs. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I understand the hypotheticals of what they're trying to do. Totally missing the mark. Decriminalizing drugs is not going to stop the deaths that is now happening. People are not, listen, and, and again, I'm not dismissing human life. Like I, the Lower East Side or, or, or people that, that have been long-term, um, long-term people who live on the street um, um, are just as important as anybody else. I'm sincere about that. But that we are losing kids that are dying in, in, their, in, their, in their bedrooms. That is not going to get better because we have decriminalized illicit drugs. Mm -hmm. You know, the, 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 the challenge or the reason that you decriminalize illicit drugs is so that people on the street um, feel comfortable reaching out for help, carrying naloxone, um, um, the, they interact with the police on a regular basis, and this allows them to continue to interact with the peace, police on a regular basis and not have to hide. And, and that is a reason why you would decriminalize illicit drugs that is not our that is one of many challenges today and and i i am sick to my stomach that we just told a, a generation that it's okay mm -hmm. to 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 carry illicit drugs and do illicit drugs in a time when when way too many people that i know firsthand uh either personally or someone's someone's child is not with us anymore. Like, like we, we again, we've got to flip this on our head. It's not working, mm -hmm. you know. And, I, and I'm on a tangent. You're, you know, your question was where are we at in Kelowna. I, I, we, we're not there yet. Okay, so I, I want to ask. You consume media, and I asked this the other day of a friend. Is there a point where you have to shut down news? Like where, where you just you feel like your personality, your mood. Your inner being is is being bombarded, and you've just had enough, and you actually have to shut it down. Because for for me personally, um, I get to the point where I'm like, okay, I I know when I've had enough because actually it's starting to alter my my mood. Is does that happen to you? Yep, I hit a wall uh, this year again. I, it was it was it was you know it was it was Freedom Convoy slash slash war measures act implementation emergencies act whatever 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 crap they're calling it this year but that it was that was a point so i did, i've done a couple of things i don't i've shut apple news off of my phone so i don't get a direct feed yes um it's gone from my phone um took me about an hour to figure out how to do that but I, they don't make it easy right? no they don't no i uh i don't i i have no social media i mean i'm sure you can find me on so social media it's not um, I, I, you know, I, I shouldn't say I don't. I have LinkedIn and, and I have a few other few other pieces of that pie, but a lot of it's more corporate related. It's not it's not me. It's 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 part of a, it's part of marketing, which I find a lot of you know a lot of that is happening that way. So it's not it's not my consumption and it's not me. You know, it's a very canned product. I don't, I'm, don't have a problem admitting that. It just is what it is. So I have two sources of media um, that I would hit regularly: the Toronto Sun and the National Post. 
Um, I do it on on app in my phone and I don't get push notifications. So mm -hmm. I need to make a conscious decision to go in there and actually see what's going on. So that's interesting because uh, I actually had a friend of mine who uh, deleted his Instagram account because he said the algorithm was starting to figure out that I like uh, women in bathing suits and and I like beer. So he said he shut it down because it, it was literally it was a it was a rabbit hole for him. And he says an entire hour would go by and he's like, I haven't gotten anything done. So um, it was funny. I took a glimmer of that and I, I deleted my stock ticker yep. because the stock ticker as the stocks went up and down and the volatility volatility increased so did my mood i thought oh i'm i'm rich no i'm poor yep. i'm rich i'm poor i'm rich and and after a while i went this is a yo-yo like and i'm not even like i'm 50 turning 52 and for me i i mean i would hope that i can pull them out in 10 years maybe i don't know yep um, but it does me no good right now. So why am I looking at it every hour because I can't do anything? So I don't know, further to your point, I, I think we have to be careful about that. I, 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 it's consumption of anything. It's cons consumption of any data. And to your point, I, I'm a fanatic on consuming data, but, uh, I've learned that it has to come on my terms and, and, and in my form. So I, I don't miss social media. In fact, I would say it's quite freeing. Um, you know, yeah, the odd thing. I, I do miss Twitter a little bit. Tw Twitter, you know, I t there was opinions on Twitter that I quite enjoyed and the snarkiness, and mm -hmm. uh, but, but it's not worth um, what where my head went. Like, like, and again, I think you know, I I sleep better because of it. I'm I'm more focused, and those are just decisions um, that that I that I have to that I had to make. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I'm at. And, and one thing I wanted to mention, and this is something that I was, I was lucky enough, blessed enough to have um, a mother that in the morning and when I got home from school, she was present. She wasn't hunched over a phone. And uh, it, it was just a great way to grow up. It was uh, ideal. Uh, I would actually have somebody's full attention. And as a, as a child, that's very important that you feel like somebody... I see you, you resonate with me, that kind of thing. Um, and and it's carried through to me where I have a daughter and a son who it's very easy to consume media at all times because there's so many interesting things to look at. And uh, the art of conversation is is seemingly uh, on a, it's it's diminishing in a, in a lot of places because let's face it, we have this, this crack cocaine in our hands that we're able to just grab it and and die whoa my gosh like that dog is jumping over a fence and then there's water on the other side and then you got this parkour guy <laughs> behind you this is funny this is engaging my brain is is rolling out endorphins and that's tough to compete with when you have to put it down and say to to your child how's it going and, and try to invent something that's going to compete or even mildly gather enough attention so you have this conversation like i i see this in restaurants and it's a little bit of a, a of a thing for me where i say i grew up with kids where i said we're not bringing ipads yep. even though it would make a great dinner experience don't get me wrong but i'm actually seeing more and more people just with if they're bringing kids the kids just automatically flip open open their phones and is that a problem with society is it like we're we getting are we going to get worse, better? What do you think? 
I, you know, will we, you know, it's a, it's a very, so I, man, you go so many ways with this. When uh, I just love, again, we you know, we've talked about legacy media in this country, that same legacy media that thought if Elon Musk bought Twitter, you know, he would own the world, although 4% of, of people consume t Twitter. Like, so what I think will happen is if you look back, and again, so at that time when I thought, is this true? Right. Well, this, you know, when I start to subjectively say, what will happen here if if one person owns Twitter? Mm -hmm. It can't be worse than the woke crap that was on there now. So, um, so, and and what's the difference if one person owns it or it's a, or it's a publicly traded company? I don't. I, I couldn't find that out. What I ended up doing though was going back at times when media, uh, when when the way we consume media changed. So television, radio, you can actually you can actually do it. So, and again, guess what? The exact same scenario that we're going through now happened then. So um, I can't remember it cold, but uh, as, as an example, uh, there was a story being told. It was, this, is a, this is radio originally. Yeah. Um, early when, when radio launched, there was a very, very obvious, according to what I was reading, fictional story about, about um, I believe, England being bombed. And it caused this mass hysteria and and um, people you know people were were diving into bomb shelters listening to some radio and it, and now if you think about it that that's ridiculous oh but, oh when they were talking about the aliens yeah. uh invading that's what it was sorry yes. sorry yes. sorry yes yeah, and, a very compelling and and by a, a wonderful orator and i will it yes was, it was it was um it was um oh man i, I know mean, it's it, right there yeah uh, or uh, Orson, no, Orwell, Orwell, yes, and and so and and again, so like we would sit here, no one would be like, well, that's ridiculous, and and you're right, it is, but in that time, it wasn't, mm -hmm. right? So then you jump to uh, when television launched, and the exact same scenario happened around television, and now we're here trying to figure out how we're going to consume this. We will get through it, and as soon as we get through it, we're going to introduce something new. Mm -hmm. This is evolution. We can't, you can't, you can't stop it. You got to figure out how how to embrace it, and mm -hmm. I want to be cautious not to say regulate it because I don't think we oh, no. governments in our lives right now, but we've got to make conscious decisions as human beings to say, hey, it might make sense to put the phone down. But you brought up a very good point. I don't think what a lot of us understand is is what happens as a chemical reaction in our brain when we do those things, and 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 chemicals like dopamine, which which you know give you a rush and make you happy, which also, for the record, are released when you do cocaine, um, are released when you look at your phone. Mm -hmm. And no, obviously not to the same varying extent, but when people talk about I'm addicted, no, I know you're addicted. You're addicted because it releases an addicted um, chemical in your brain called dopamine that acts just like if you were to consume drugs that are mm -hmm. addictive. I, it's funny, I was listening to a comedian uh, and I think it was, uh... I, his name is it'll come to me and he said if you ever want to know how addictive gaming is for your child i i urge you to do this challenge walk up mid-game and shut off that system and he says and see the reaction on their faces he said that is a true indication of yep. the addiction levels because let's face it i know a lot of people that create these games and their sole purpose every morning when they get up is to make that game so addictive you cannot go to the bathroom. 
So, but I grew up in the area, uh, I, and this is the, the the debate that I don't know and understand. And, and again, there are, you, you know, it's got layers to it because there's certain people um, that have very addictive person, you, you quote unquote, addictive personalities. Well, I'm I'm uber competitive, so yep. I, I get it. Yeah, and and again, then you get competitiveness. Like like again, you get layers of of this. You know, I you know Sega, Nintendo, like mm-hmm. those were that was right in my wheelhouse. I was eight, nine, ten years old when those things launched. Now. It was always frowned upon from my parents. Like we were, we you know had Super Mario or or Duck Hunt. Remember those games like mm-hmm. Excite Bike? Um, and I remember playing them and enjoying enjoying them. But it was it was at I guess if I looked at my parents, it was frowned. Like we were very we were encouraged to to not do that and get outside and and play sports. And again, I have soapbox about this, but is it? Is it directive? But but then add multicolored human oh. facial tics totally. on the characters yeah. who move and act like real. Like a lot of it's AI. But but I don't. But my point is like I why why I have an addictive personality, but I don't consume gaming. It's never been there for me. Um, and but but is that because because I that's how I was. Is it because of, is it nurture or nature is my question. So is it because I was raised that way or is that impossible to stop today? Because no matter what, when you go to school, it's just around you. Some it's available right now in handhelds. Like, I don't know, to be sincere, I don't think any of us really know what the makeup is. Mm-hmm. Um, but but again, you know, there's a lot, there's, I mean, these are things we're going to have, we will figure out as a society and 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 how, how, how we move it forward. The key here is though you can't stop it. Ever, ever, this, this is this. No is, regulation. Yeah, well, don't regulate. <laughs> okay, Jeff, I would love to ask you a question that you know <laughs> doesn't involve most of us frowning, you know, furrowing our brow, but it's just so much fun. Um, one thing that uh, has come up recently is obviously uh, the horrible shooting in in the U.S. And again, it, it creates this new wave of, of gun control. And, uh, and and basically, as a parent, I I can't even fathom. Like that would be, um, it, it truly is the worst nightmare I can ever imagine. You're a parent as well. Yep. Um, devastating. And, and again, I'm trying to figure out, because obviously the first thing is we'll arm the teachers. Uh, Jim Jeffries does a great skit about arming arming teachers. Like he says, you just they're they're already grappling with the curriculum. So um, the second is, you know, maybe it's it is limiting these guns, and and maybe it's maybe it's mental health. Like, where do you fall within possible solutions? Because again, for that to be duplicated on any level is just I I can't even imagine. So America is our neighbor, so it hits very close to home. But there are many injustices in the world. If you go one more country below them, Mexico is in the middle of a drug war that is unfathomable, and we don't talk about it at all. Um, the amount of people that die, the amount of police that die, uh, you know, you get into some of those cities, border border towns, um, um, it's full-out anarchy. So I, I first I got to pull it back and go, America is not Canada. And, and that's that's to me number one. I am not a I'm not a gun owner. Um, I I I've have fired a hunting rifle in a safe place, maybe twice in my life with a with a friend who who is an avid hunter. Um, I don't I don't have any dis- well I shouldn't say that. I've thought about buying a gun a lot more in the last couple of years since since um, since since this 
this gong show of a federal government's been in place, you know, yeah. and and I think that's the listen. There's so then 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 you get into the, this these conversations. Do I like should illegal guns be off our streets tomorrow? Yeah, and 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 listen, lock them up and throw away the key. I don't I have no time for that. I don't understand why somebody in Toronto needs a handgun. I I no one is is I, well. I shouldn't say no one. I don't. I ne will never understand that. I think we live in a rural country. I think. I think there is a, um, there's definitely a want, um, and I would argue there's a need for legal gun ownership. And and again, you know, we we get short sighted, but but society and 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 where we've come over thousands of years, um, we have governments that 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 turn in democracy, and so you may. Only at, at there may be a point in, in and I hope it never happens in my life or my kids' lives or, or ever again, and specifically in Canada, it's never happened in Canada, but there may be a point when when you need to arm yourself because of tyranny that's that's happening. Again, somebody's going, who's this extreme right? And and I get it, but but listen, that's not it is it is ask Venezuela how they're feeling right now. Like mm. like these there there are countries that were that were in my lifetime were on path to be great, democratic, rich. Um, what, what great places to live that are not anymore. Mm -hmm. And we just assume it'll never happen here. So am I for, I, again, I'm not a gun proponent. I don't, I don't own one. I've never, I, like I said, I make, I make the joke. I mean, I've had fleeting thoughts of buying one since, 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 since the, the past couple of years, but we've got to find that. I, I don't believe it's our challenge today. And I, and I hope I'm never called out on that to say, you know, you don't think we had an issue. Well, I mean, that would be a very sad day. But again, in any time that we, we, you know, we did have a mass shooting on the East Coast, illegal gun, mm -hmm. illegal. Like, and, and so let's go after the challenges. Those guns are flowing over the border. U.S. guns are flowing over the border into Canada. Let's shut it down. Like mm -hmm. that to me is, is, is the answer. And, and it's interesting, too, that you say that because there's ways to modify a gun that it, it become it, it's it's legal, but then you order parts and because the regulatory body doesn't know that, okay, that's going to go with that gun. And it, you know, it, it's a very complex mess. The other side of this too, that I think about is the Saskatchewan farmers. And I've, I have friends in Saskatchewan that say we have some, some people that live in these remote places on our, in Canada that their nearest neighbor is several miles yep. away and they have people show up and literally in broad daylight steal things off that property. And so they said is, you know, are guns going to push them back? You know, is that going to be a thing going forward? You just worry about that that elderly couple that feels unprotected on their Saskatchewan farm and and those are the ones I think about when I think about gun control. It's ironic because I don't like to be sincere. I don't know that a gun makes that situation any better. I don't want to see them get robbed, but I'm going to say, what, what, why, how are, we, how did we get here? Who's mm -hmm. robbing them? Like, like, let, and and I'm not again. These are this is a these are broad stroke conversations. I, I'm not sure I can buy into the gun for protection scenario in this in this country. I think that actually starts us down the path of being America. Mm -hmm. Now. I say that, but but it was only a minute ago I said gun for protection when it comes to government. So so uh, I don't know. You know where do I stand on that? But I think I'm I'm not bought into the gun for protection. I I don't feel like if I put a gun in my house, my kids are safer. Um, uh, you know I I'm 
I again, this is this is thanks for putting me on the tightrope, Rick. Like I don't, you know, it's a, it, again, it's a very it's a very tough topic. I know today that we're not America, and we need to focus on that. We've obviously done things right that we don't. And again, I hope I never eat my words on this. Have issues with school shootings. Mm -hmm. We need to continue to go down that path. I don't think buyback programs from people that own guns legally is is the answer. Get get the illegal guns off the street and if you're caught with an illegal gun lock them up and throw away the key and again you know i know there's lots of people that say well that's that's not the answer and you you know people can be rehabilitated eh, i don't know at some point they can't and 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 i'm getting a little fatigued right so mm -hmm. so that to me that's the answer is to tackle the problem illegal guns are the problem not not buyback programs that cost billions of dollars and jeff's on fire today so that's fun um top gun Let's talk about Top Gun. It's oh, thirty it plus years. I haven't watched either, but the one thing that, and this is just me, and I'm, admittedly, I I look at details sometimes a little bit differently. I've been told that his hair is so dark, and it's thirty some odd years later. He's supposed to be this aged, you know, fighter pilot, still has some moves and everything else, but his. His hair is as dark as as uh, a coal miner's, you know, face after dark. Like it, it's crazy, and and I can't even. It's distracting for me to look at him. It was like when he played Reacher, and Reacher's supposed to be the six foot five behemoth. It throws me off, and I'm I'm trying desperately because I think it's going to be a fun. I've been told it's f you know fun gun. I heard it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, but. I hope I don't sit there and go, I wonder why they did that. I wonder why the, the you know, is that is that going to be off-putting for you? Because I probably soiled you on this one. <laughs> I, I was unaware of this. I mean, he's an attractive little man, isn't he? He is. Yeah. He is. You know, I'm a, I'm, I, I think my wife is one, can't stand Tom Cruise. And I like Tom Cruise. Some people can't. I don't just despise him. And I get he's crazy. And I remember when in Oprah and whatever, I don't know mm -hmm. all those details. And I think he fired his publicist. And, yeah, he and went off all, the rails a bit. Yeah. yeah, we're all a little bit crazy, aren't we? But he... I mean, I like his movies. I'm a huge Mission Impossible fan. And, oh yeah, and like like you know he and he's the he really is the backbone. What was it called? Tomorrow Never Dies. Mary kept loving the same life. That's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, um, I'm excited to see this. Um, you know, if he's got a little too much hair dye, you know, to me it's that's Tom Cruise. It's yeah. I you know I I mean I mean yeah I you know it's I I do urge people if they have a chance uh, James Corden. Uh, does so Tom Cruise <laughs> took him up in the air and, and threw him out of an airplane and and James Corden is, is hilarious but he uh, it was actually a 25 minute film where uh, Tom Cruise shows up and spoiler alert I'm gonna tell you a lot of this stuff but he takes James Corden out and and it's hilarity at its finest and and you saw um, uh, a big amount of trust by a major Hollywood blockbuster star who kind of put himself out there. He flies all these planes by himself. There's no pilot. And, uh, you know, he, he does barrel rolls and he does a bunch of thing with uh, with James. And I, I found myself, because I'm, I'm on the other side of the fence, I just like an action movie. I like popcorn movies. I love just sitting there and going, this is fun. There's enough violence here to, to be distracting from life. And that's what a movie is for for me. So I'm I'm actually a huge fan of his. And uh, yeah, damn it all to those that don't like Tom Cruise. But man, it's fun. And listen, 
like I'm gonna admit one thing here. So I was a teenager in the '90s, and whether I ever admit this then, but like, I like Dawson Creek, and he married Katie Holmes, and yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just that I don't know why, but that always he's just got a soft spot in my heart too. Jeff, I we have a Father's Day coming up. Um, I was blessed with a dad that was uh, above all honesty. Like, I mean, if he he never took a nickel that wasn't his he would go to the ends of the earth um it, it was just interesting that i never ever thought this man is not the the purest human being any you know he had faults he had mistakes he was not perfect by any means i'm not saying that but but at the end of the day uh for for me for a man that was the first relationship with another man mm-hmm. where i was going wow that's that's how you live that's you don't steal you don't treat people poorly he used to pick up hitchhikers he used to help people that were stalled i mean i get i get emotional talking about him because he was a man uh that i always trusted who he was um does father's day bring back any of that stuff for you or is it just just another date well, I mean, Father's Day specifically is quite nostalgic for me because for most of my life, um, we did the exact same thing on Father's Day year in and year out. So um, I come I, I come from an extremely blue-collar family, uh, but golf was a big part of our life, um, still is. And so we used to go to Christina Lake So with with whew, six to eight families um, and and my dad with with the other the other dads in this group would play in the Christina Lake Open Men's Open, which was Father's Day weekend. Um, it's also it's also the the weekend of the U.S. Open, and we would we and and that as a kid we would go up there. Another family had a boat. We stayed in these cabins. It it to me was like when you're eight. That is like that was the pinnacle of my life. Was mm-hmm. was that weekend? So. Uh, it, it, yeah, for sure. I mean, for me, it's a, it's a big part of it. And I, you know, I've, I'm very, uh, blessed to have a good relationship with my mom and my mom and my dad, but my dad, um, and I are, are probably closer today than we have ever been. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're right, you know, like anybody in life, um, he, he has had his challenges and we've had our days, but, um, but yeah, that's where I, you know, I'm, I'm grateful to, to, to have grown up with a, with a figure that, uh, a, 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 a male figure like that that showed me the, the 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 rights and wrongs of life and 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 hard and I think for me hard work I think I just always go back mm-hmm. you know when I when I I don't remember I mean my dad was my dad ran a small business and was gone when I got up and came home and again very traditional we we you know wasn't a challenge with phones and those but we ate dinner together at 5 30 and then i either watched my dad go back to work to start a night crew or go downstairs and do books and and to me um that but you you can you know you can tell someone that you but to watch it um mm-hmm. you know and and i get called all the time on on you know that i can't shut off but um but I don't regret, like, I mean, I think that's where that came from, right? Like I'm, that's, I'm wired that way now for that reason. And, and yeah, I'll be forever grateful for that. I maybe wasn't when I was a 16 year old, but. Um. Man, we've gone around the world. We've, uh, we've talked about movies, everything else, but what I want to dive into a little bit and it, and it came off of the, uh, the Father's Day discussion was, was time. And, and I think a lot of parents struggle with this, which is. Am I giving my kids enough? Because obviously there's this, there's this word called side hustle. 
and uh, gotta have a side hustle. You gotta, you gotta continually work on other stuff. So if this one collapses, we got something else. And and I think this is uh, what society is starting to do. And and I do think something has to give. And a lot of times it's time with the kids. Now there's two sides to that, which is. Well, I spent too much time with them anyway, and and a lot of people grew up where they didn't have you know a lot of time with their parents because the parents were always working. Yep. So, w- what side of that uh, are you on? And and you know, do we all need to be having these side hustles and and kids just kind of figure it out for themselves? I I think a couple of things. One, I think uh, I think that mentality is more with the people that you hang out with. I think it's a majority. True, uh, true. I don't think side hustle is a majority, to be sincere. Um, you know, I look at it personally. I I, ha- I got married late in life and had kids. I was 40 when I, you know, I'm just, I had an 11-month-old that I, had, that I was born when I was 40. Um, so I, I have kids late in life. Um, but I have made some, I'm, I'm, you know, you and I were talking to this before coming on the show. I'm making some decisions right now to make sure uh, because I can't, because I can, um, to, to, to spend more time with my kids over the coming years, it, you know, but, but here's the thing. I, and we just talked about this in, in the, in the, in the, in the, when we were talking about father's day, I don't, I wasn't neglected from my dad because he left the house at 6am and, and came home for dinner and then went back to work. Like, like that, that, that was what they did. That's what he had to do. You know what I mean? That's that's why we were afforded the luxuries that we had. We weren't. I wasn't neglected. That's not neglect, mm-hmm. for the record. Mm-hmm. You know. And and again, I think this is a little bit of of where we're at in society right now. And I, you know, I'm I'm I know I constantly go there. But again, this is the challenges that we have right now. Is this? I, I get very fatigued on the like. Oh, I need balance. I would like to swear right now, but I'm not going to. But so it's my. It's like. You need balance. You've never worked a day in your life, like like in, and I mean, and I, I, it's a broad st- stroke, but there, there is a bit of a generation right now that's like, oh, you, you, you don't get it. I'm like, no, I do get it. Well, further to that, for me, balance exists when you have. So let's say you put your heart and soul and your energy into your work, and that's fine, but you don't have a balance in the way of you put your heart and soul into. Like for me. Uh, I love playing pickleball and I love playing beer league hockey and I, I lose myself in those sports. I want to win. I don't want to just tap, you know, I, I want to eviscerate the other side. So for me, that's balance enough so that, you know, one guy said it's, it's looking out through the East window and the West window and both have the same light. And for me, that's the key is if you're putting everything into your job and not enough into your recreational pursuits or extracurricular that's where you get the imbalance i think yeah i i and i think you're right i think you get uber focused on one thing and for some people um that it's it become it's it's almost fanatical i mean it's probably borderline mental illness for for some people that that you know could be defined as many things i agree it's it's listen there's you're right there's nothing that i do at 50 percent. it's just how i'm wired um but the balance is to not just have one thing that i do all the time. That's all that. That's all that I focus on. Um, you know. But again, what when you like finding that balance doesn't mean though that we that that we need to sit on the couch. I guess is or or that I need to be 
I need to, you know, I need to be there for every, every turn. I mean, this is life, you know, like you, you, at some point, at some point you go out on your own and you, you're going to have to figure this out. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I guess is kind of where I was going with that. I, I, I'm, I'm all for balance. I'm with you, but like, but again, balance is that you just don't work, you know, balance is that you work and that you play sports and then you interact with human beings and you find some time to, to go for dinner, whether that's once a week or once a month or, mm -hmm. or, or whatever fits your budget, right? Uh, a friend of mine, he's um, he's involved in a lot of different businesses. Him and I get along very well because probably his attention span matches my own. But what he finds is between five and seven, no matter what's going on, he gives that to his wife. Like he says, I'm not going to go to a meeting. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to take a call. I'm not going to answer an email. Like I'm between these two hours, mm -hmm. like the, the world must be blowing up for me to to take that window out. And and to his credit, I don't know, twenty some odd years later, here he is. So I think that's another thing is uh, a no fly zone yep. in your marriage. Yeah, I, I I would agree. I mean, I think you've got to have those set times, set you know, the set times. I would say the other piece is set jobs. You know, like I think that's one of the things. Mm -hmm. You know, there's certain things, and they're not set in stone. But like, you know, I'm in charge of 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 getting ready for bed, bass, change. You know, let like that. And I just, I mean, we haven't had that conversation, but that's my time. Like again, I'm at work, mm -hmm. so by the time I get home, uh, you know, again have family time, which ironically falls in about the place you're talking about, and then. And then the back half of that, the last forty-five minutes is is my time with my son, and and it's but it's still doing the things that need to be done to to, and we have fun doing it. You know what I mean? And and again, that's yeah. I think and it also gives my wife a break, who has mm -hmm. who who lives and dies with that kid. It just you know every day, um, you know she gets to do what she she gets to do for forty-five minutes, right? So. It, it's funny. Uh, I've been told this. Uh, that I'm never more attractive than when I'm doing the dishes. <laughs> Just because I like leaping off of other subjects, but um, you're with a spouse, you have a child, a young child, uh, you work a lot. And uh, again, how do you, is, is there anything that you do that you find is, is very good at, at making sure that there's not too much stress and, and you know, you, you end up obviously caring about the child but and then you lose a little bit of that that marriage spark and you know is there anything that you do that kind of makes sure that there is a, a time an adult time and and you've created this this sanctuary one could say because with a young family i know that's just about impossible <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i i yeah i mean i yeah not not that i should give any 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 i know i have no um you got no tips no 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 i have tips i'm just not not sure that i'm that i that i have any, any you're not uh, ideal i'm not sure i'm the person that should be giving relationship <laughs> advice although i i believe i'm in a very healthy relationship it's i i mean you know but uh, communication i think is is the big part of it and i'm, I'm kind of making that so people say that what do they mean though yeah, and that's the thing. I'm kind of making that joke more in the sense of not the relationship in today that it took me till the age of forty to get married. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but the, the the you know what does it mean to communicate is to talk about hey I need some FaceTime with you mm -hmm. right right and and you know we 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 try and have date night um, but you're right as as you have children that's easier said than done right because mm -hmm. a lot of times we get to date night. And even if we've got 
a babysitter lined up for a couple hours, we look at each other and it's like, you, know, you just want to go sleep. You know what I mean? So, well, well, and that's funny too, is sleep becomes almost as good as date night. Like yeah. just, I get to rest really earlier than usual. Oh, that's good. Yeah. But I, but I, you know, I mean, things that I, I laugh at in my life now that I, I mean, I, I was, uh, especially in my early twenties, I mean, I mean, there was not many nights that I, that didn't find my way out. Right. No matter mm-hmm. if it was Monday or Friday. And, um, you know, this week I, I was kind of giggling to myself because the sun was still up and I was going to bed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was, I mean, it, it wasn't high in the sky, but it was, and I was like, yeah, this is awesome. Right. And <laughs> Yeah, I think that I, I, you know, in your, you know, the original question of like how, how do you continue to have a relationship is from 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 my experience that's working, I believe, is is embracing the fact that it's always going to change. Mm-hmm. So so and and that's not you know that was a professional that gave me that advice that said listen you you know when you start in a relationship you know it's it's exciting and it's full of lust and you you know what I mean you're just rah, mm-hmm. right and and then and then that morphs and you've got to be able to you've got to be able to accept what it's what it's becoming and what sure. it's going to become next. And 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 I you know people I was saying this to buddy this week. I I you know again we have a I have a phenomenal home life and I would do anything I would go I would go to the wall for my from for my kid um, but I also understand why people go out for milk and never come back mm-hmm. I don't it's not in my cards but I think I think that between mental health and and the way people are wired and and again I think is as as our as our makeup you know that this is we're, we're not the only we're not the only um, we're, we're, you know humans are not the only one that reject reject their offspring like i i it's i i'm just saying you you can see the complexities in life and say "Eh, i'm i i i don't agree with it but i i kind of get and and we were down a path because he's a he's a stepdad and i was asking about the other father Mm -hmm. and he said you know he's not a bad guy and i'm like i don't i'm not saying like we're not we're you know and that was his point is like he's just not in he's just not in our life and Mm -hmm. And, and I'm more, I understand that more today because I understand how intense it can be to be in a, to be, it's a lot of work to be in a relationship and have kids and try and keep it healthy. And, oh yeah. And, 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 and with the thin veneer that everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I, but that's the thing. I think, I think we've got to start talking about the fact that sometimes it's not. Yeah. The problem is it's a little bit of what we have struggle in the workplace right now where where if somebody says mental health, it's like take as much time as you need, right? Mm-hmm. It's and and and, but again, I think we've got to start having honest conversations. The struggle is when it gets abused. Um, but I think that's it. You know, sometimes we got to be able to go to somebody and say, "Oh, this is not good. It's a gong show." Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I think it's a more real. So I as you know, I I work with a number of different. Uh, clients and employers and that kind of thing. And, and I'm able to have access to a, a number of different people that, that run great workplaces and other ones that, that don't. Um, and, and it's funny, the labor shortage has, has impacted virtually everyone. But do we have to look in the mirror a little bit and just say, have we done a good job of creating a workplace that, that develops people, that looks after people, that people feel safe, um, Maybe safe is a different word, but but they feel like they're they're being appreciated for their work and 
I guess the question I'm asking is, have we done enough due diligence in creating that that place where if we are probably less likely to suffer a labor shortage because people won't leave or people are very attracted to working there? It's, it's got layers to it, for sure. It's complicated. And deal with this every day. Um, you know, if I believe, uh, I, I don't know if my data sits big enough on this, but I don't believe the good employees are turning over right now, to be sincere with you. I, I think what we're doing is trading fourth liners that, frankly, we're not even sure are supposed to be there. Um, but but the challenge is we don't have anybody to do the work. So, so we're pandering to them. Um, did we create it or, 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 or how did we get here? Yeah, no, we, we played a role in it. For sure, we played a role in it. Um, I find, though, when you give a little that, that a lot gets taken, especially from that, that you know, bottom third that I think is where the turnover is happening right now. And that's the generalization. It's not totally fair. But, um, yeah, yeah, do we play a role in it? For sure. But, but, I, but I also watch... Uh, employers, um, you know, me being one of them, where 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 it's never enough, and, I, right. and that, that's a tough one. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, but again, it's all I'm. You know, the challenge of of I don't know how. Um, I again, I, I think right now people and I, and I believe we're at getting to a breaking point where where people aren't able to live, especially in this city, like. The challenges of being in Kelowna um, and the pressures that come with being in Kelowna are are very high. I I, I don't know if you and I talked about this, but again, you go back in the eight when I grew up in the in the 80s, you know, um, a lot of the friends from from where I grew up, I wasn't in this neighborhood, but I look at I take Hall Road as an example in the 80s. Anybody from Kelowna knows the area. So in that period of time in the 80s, you could have uh, uh, and a good friend of mine whose dad was a mill worker and, 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 and you know, mom had a regular Joe job at, at the bank. Mm -hmm. And and two doors down from them was was a family whose dad was a general, was a GP or a doctor, right? And then you had varying levels in between. You know, somebody that's working the equivalent of the, because of, Tokyo's not, you know, Tokyo clone is not here anymore, but that's not a, that's, that's not a realistic today, right? That, that idea is is not there today no further to that point i was walking this morning walked by a place that just sold in in uh, parrot place it's uh just yeah, a little subject walker yeah yeah and and uh sheen warman built around there and this house is probably i'm gonna say 15 to 1800 square feet 1.2 million and i i said to the lady the neighbor because i'm loud that way i said hey what did it sell for and she goes 1.2 million and I said, wow. And she goes, yeah, we just moved here from Toronto. I said, oh, is that right? So again, and, and uh, ex-CAO uh, Ramatusi says this, for some reason, Kelowna is in the jet stream for a lot of like the Torontos, the, the Vancouver's, oh. the Edmonton's, the Calgary's. They all want the utopia, which is Kelowna. And, and they're not, and he says, we don't have enough for them. No. So that's... And, and he doesn't see an erosion of house pricing at all. I know a lot of people are going, oh, it's coming. Well, we've, we've and yeah, you know, cliche, but we've always lived in that bubble. When it's hard other places, it's not, from, from, a, from a housing standpoint, it's not, it's not been hard to hear. The market, when the market fall, even to go back to 08, I mean, there were pockets, apartments. We had a lot of doors in the air in, the, in, in that era that, that obviously softened. But, 
But arguably, you know, the the areas of the sought after areas of this city didn't drop significantly at that time. Um, so, I, but again, I go back to it. The, the, the challenge is, you know, those those houses were very, Mike, you talk about the area around Dorothea Walker. That's a good example, too. You know, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, that was an area where where you could have two two blue-collar jobs live in the family that I lived in and lived in those neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And today, that's not a, that's not a feasible option. And, and you know, so, you know, again, I, how are we going to sustain it long-term? We're not. Kelowna's not. That's probably the acceptance that we are going to have to have is it's going to take a lot to be here. Um, and there are, I mean, I mean, I, my, my, my best friends in South Calgary and, and, and as pressures in life, I'm not, I'm not, but a lot less than here. You know what I mean? When, oh, yeah. you know, and yeah. hasn't had a mortgage in five years because, mm-hmm. because a house that's the equivalent of mine is 550 grand. And, and, you know, he's made some good decisions in the life that, that, and he's like, yeah, well, we don't, we don't, we don't have a mortgage. And it's like, we don't, that's not feasible here. I did the math last, this week on, again, we, we had, we made a change because, because of our child being born. So we, we had bought a house in the middle of the pandemic at a very low interest rate. I based it off what the five-year fixed would be if I were to buy that house today. And my payments would be $2,200 higher. Figure that out. I don't think people understand. And again, I you're talking about going from one six five to four. I think four fifteen was the was the was. And I mean, I'm sure you can get it a little bit sharper. But like, those are significant, significant differences. That yeah. will that will catch up. But to your point, I don't know that it'll catch up here because again, if you're if you're moving from one of those cities and you're planning, you you know you've you've done the. It's it's the struggle is we're not going to have generational. Um, families here anymore you're going to come and go it's going to become retirement and challenges i I was in medicine hatton and they said yeah houses here have just gone way up in value and i said so what about that one they said yeah that one went from 175 to 350 i said to three hundred fifty thousand dollars and they're like yeah don't have can you even imagine don't have a house here that you can don't don't i mean i don't think you can get in i don't think you could buy an apartment here for 350 no no you couldn't no no well if you could it's condemned. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's yeah. You're, yeah. Well, wait. There's micro suites. Yeah. There's micro suites. But I don't even. Again, I'm not sure where the where we would be on. Okay. Let's uh, just for fun, just for kicks. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm just gonna get the coiled spring going here. Um, minimum wage has gone up exponentially. Employers have, have have been asked to take that on. And again, I, I think we should have the modifier on this which is, do people need to make more money? Yes, they do. Uh, have costs increased, inflation, all of those things. However, and, and this is the big but, are we doing ourselves a disservice by by accelerating it so quickly that it creates a chain reaction down to the consumer? I mean, yeah, but basic answer is yes. And that's just, yeah, I mean, those are just principal economics. like. Again, anybody that's oh, we need to, we, you know, somebody said, we need, you know, we've got to get, we, we, you know, we've got to get that, that, we've got to get that lower class out of poverty. Well, driving a minimum wage is not the answer. Like, and again, you can read multiple books that'll tell you that's the case. It's, it's not um, what, what makes, what affects the change. Also, I'd love to find somebody that's paying minimum wage right now because that's near impossible. Oh, yeah. Um, I yeah. mean, I mean, McDonald's has a sign out front that says 1750 in benefits. So, um, 
So I don't, I don't even, I mean, in, and again, this may be shorter term, but, but there's a lot of data that shows raising minimum wage doesn't, doesn't make those changes. There are ways to help that lower class, um, but that's, that's not it. And then you, and then again, and then you get, so, so what are you doing? Well, you're, you're increasing, um, you're, you're now paying a 16 year old, um, $15 an hour to, to do any job a 16 year old does in that time. And then, and, and you can say, Oh, that's great. And then you go to buy that, that, whatever, the, wherever they work, whatever, 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 whatever retail or product it is that you're going to buy and you're miffed at the price. And it's like, well, what, where do you think it's coming from? Right. <laughs> the magic war chest. No, I, I, I find it interesting that my son has had three raises in the last year because he continues to get picked off by people saying, Oh, you show up on time. You have a smile on your face. You work hard. Do you want to work for blank? And, and his employer, has to answer the call because otherwise that laborer is, is gone and and someone who actually gets along with everyone so it's it's really uh, it's a bit sad because i think there's it just continues to escalate and escalate until to the point where again we talked about it off the top um food prices and and basic essentials they just all go up and that and again that just piles it on and i and i and i rec you know i people just don't under i i shouldn't say people that's the struggle when they make, you know, when, when again, the NDP does this, is that they're not, they're not understanding that it's cyclical. So that just drives inflation that's already, that's already has its, its challenges. I, it's the same, listen, you can't, you know, this in the past, you know, since the provincial NDP have, have come into power, we've picked up MSP. And I mean, that, that one will be the, that, that one. Explain that. Yeah, because it still makes me. So it's an acronym, but explain the acronym and yeah. what it means. So, so uh, essentially, and most people know this, but the medical services plan in, in, is done by province, and and we in this province used to bill people for MSP premiums depending on what you made. There was a there was a calculation, and statistically, let's call it fifty percent of employers actually paid that MSP uh, premium on your behalf. Um, we did, um, and 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 they said, oh, you know, they said we're going to eliminate MSP premiums. Um, no, you're not. And and this is this is the part that I get really frustrated with. Um, they said we're going to eliminate MSP premiums. What they should should have said is we're going to shift this for your employer to pay it. Now, for employers that paid it, it almost doubled their cost. That's kind of the, that that was the standard. If you if your charges were 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 a couple hundred grand before, they were they were they were pretty much double, um, even though you did pay it on behalf. And the crazy thing is, they double dipped for a year. So right. they 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 right. which was which is just like the fact they got away with that. But I think the part that killed me the most about that whole scenario and why I just have zero to no patience for for pretty much anybody that's under that orange banner of NDP is the amount of MLAs in this province, the day that it got announced, were on Twitter and social media saying, you know, we eliminated MSP premiums today. I'll be in my office from 10 to 2 if you want to shake my hand. And I, I'm like, like, Holy. no, you, you totally, right? Like, hey, how about, listen, if you're going to work today, thank your employer. We have forced them to pay MSP on your behalf. Maybe a little aggressive, but you get the you get mm -hmm. the picture. I mean, that's the part to me that I just I just how and again, then then the great Dr. Bonnie thought, well, we can pay sick days too. And and again, there's actually a mathematical formula that I think 
they think if, if your jobs align correctly, you know, you could get 20 paid sick days by 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 yeah. your employers. If you, I think if you you would need to have four jobs and and again, I mean, I'm, I mean, it's just a hypothetical, but it's just, it's more the principle of it. Um, how much more can you pile on? We're going to increase minimum wage. I know everyone thinks that business owners just, just, just go into the rooms and throw piles of money around, but, but I'm sincerely telling you it's not the case. Um, and again, I, we have this mentality in this country, which they don't have in the U.S., which is that anybody that's been successful is evil and screwed someone over to get there. Mm -hmm. Again, if you go to America and you were to buy a nice car, it seems, oh, that's good. You must be a hard worker. Here, oh, who did you, who, who, who are you taking that away who did, from? Who did you screw over? You know, not, wow, you work 80 hours a week or 90 hours a week or, or man, you, you know, you had a plan and you like, no, we don't, we, that's not how we, that's not how we I, look at it. Here. I only work half days, 12 hours. <laughs> Jeff, it's been an enjoyable afternoon. It is uh, rolling up on six o'clock. Uh, thanks again for sharing the time, and and I'm so glad I caught you on the day that you were you were already bubbling, like you were ready to roll. Hey? Most days, I'm like this most days. Well, I mean, come on, you. Uh, no, but it was fun because we uh, we covered a lot of subjects, and I think if if nothing else, uh, hopefully, hopefully there was some content in there. Hey, I hope you keep having me back. This is, uh, it's exciting. I, I, I'm gonna, I enjoy these conversations and I'm, and I hope they sincerely hope they get people, um, starting to think mm -hmm. I'm not here to, I'm not, I, I hope I, I'm not here to anger anyone. I, again, I think this is, you don't great. want to incite anything. No, I just, let's just, let's just start talking about this. You mm -hmm. know, there's, there's two sides to every story, you know, yeah. um, you, maybe you should find a socialist to get on here and. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not usually my friend group, but I should try. Uh, thanks.